You are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, on your computer for live streaming, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show coming up with Gavin Walker right now.
We would like to welcome you to another edition of The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 on your dial and, of course, on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and, of course, we have the usual lineup of uh, some pretty incredible music this evening uh, on the show. We're also going to commemorate after our jazz feature, which is always first on the show, um, we are going to commemorate a very special and very deep kind of day today. And, of course, that's the um, memory of the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau. And I'm sure those of you that have been listening to the regular newscasts all day know that this is the 75th anniversary of that. And, of course, it's uh, Holocaust Memorial Day. So we'll be paying a tribute to that immediately after the jazz feature this evening. And we'll also have a lot more music to play right through until the early morning, right here in Vancouver. On this rainy Monday evening, <laughs> we, uh, it's so unusual for Vancouver, yeah, right. <laughs> Our jazz feature this evening is one of my very favorite Hammond organists and one of the great artists on that instrument. His name, Don Patterson. Don Patterson was born in Columbus, Ohio, on July 22, 1936, and he was 51, a pretty young age, when he passed away in his adopted home of Philadelphia, February 10, 1988. His career, like a lot of people from his generation, was hampered uh, somewhat by the disease that bit so many, and that's called drug addiction. And this led really to his early demise and, and poor health and all that kind of stuff. But he did have an extremely productive career, recorded many with uh, so many uh, great giants of jazz. Um, he was part of uh, Sonny Stitt's regular working band. And Mr. Stitt, of course, one of the greatest of all saxophone players, uh, used Don Patterson for many years on his recordings and toured with Don and, of course, he played with uh, so many other people, made a lot of recordings. Um, he signed with Prestige Records in the early, about 1963. And our jazz feature album is his very first recording with Prestige. And it's called The Exciting New Organ of Don Patterson. And it was recorded in May of 1963. 64. Uh, Don had recorded as a sideman before that, and he did do an album for a Chicago label, Argo. But uh, this was the album that really put him on the map and introduced a whole new um, concept of the Hammond organ. And the reason he's my favorite, uh, we all know that Jimmy Smith, of course, was the real pioneer of modern Hammond organ playing. And, of course, he inspired so many musicians, including Don Patterson. But um, Don uh, moved in a different direction. 
had a different sound. Most of the great Hammond organ players all had their own sound because the Hammond organ, of course, you could pull out bars and 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 um, make a sound that was your personal sound. And I know for a fact, as a matter of fact, Jimmy Smith told me this, um, so many uh, of the great Hammond organists recorded in Rudy Van Gelder's studio. Uh, he had a Hammond organ in there, of course. And uh, so each of the great organ players, including Patterson, Smith, and, and, and the rest of them, uh, of course, would adjust the bars before they started playing and so on to, to get their sound. And, of course, when they were finished, they pushed all the bars back because that was their secret. <laughs> no, they weren't going to leave the bars out and then have someone say, oh, yeah, oh, this is cool. Hey, yeah, it doesn't work that way. And uh, um, so anyway, when, uh, when Smith told me that, I, I had to laugh. And he said, well, you know, we were all very secretive. Uh, uh, and, of course, we're, he said we were all geniuses, you know. And of course, he said that with a great laugh. Anyway, Don Patterson, like most Hammond organists, and Jimmy Smith, too, uh, began their careers as piano players. And that's how they, you know, learned the keyboard and all that sort of stuff. And it was Jimmy who inspired Don Patterson, uh, he wasn't alone, to take up the Hammond organ. And that became his main instrument. And so we're going to play for you this album called The Exciting New Organ of Don Patterson. But one of the real um, great points of this album is the saxophone player on here, one of my all-time favorites, who was also the favorite tenor saxophone player of Charles Mingus. I'm talking about Booker Irvin, the late, great Booker Irvin. He had a short life. Uh, he died in 1970, but uh, an amazing um, tenor saxophonist, completely identifiable. You could uh, tell Booker from the first note. Uh, and, of course, uh, he had a wonderful playing concept, um, bluesy, forceful, um, tremendous player. So he is featured on here along with Don Patterson, and that's a positive, and a very, very fine drummer that worked with uh, Patterson for many years, a drummer named Billy James. And we're going to hear a whole bunch of uh, tunes that were all recorded May the 12th, 1964, in Rudy Van Gelder's studio. Interestingly enough, with most organ combos, there's always a, a guitar um, player, um, either as a soloist or accompanying the organ. But in this combination, there is no guitar. It's... Uh, uh, Hammond organ, tenor saxophone, drums, and that's it. There's one tune on here, and I'll tell you about it in a minute, uh, that's going to add another horn player, but only for this tune. And I'll tell you uh, when we run down the uh, pieces of music that we're going to hear. The opening track, and I remember when I bought this album uh, years ago when it came out on vinyl, and, and of course, uh, as soon as I played this opening track... I was sold uh, on this album, and uh, I've always, always loved it. It's still one of my favorite uh, Hammond organ albums, and there's hundreds of them out there. 
So uh, the first tune we hear is a Patterson composition called It's About Time. And that's a cooker. And it's, uh, kind, of, it's kind of based on um, its modal. And uh, those of you that understand music, it's based on a couple of modes, like So What and Impressions. It kind of has that uh, uh, structure. And it was written by Don Patterson. The second tune is another Patterson original called Up in Betty's Room. And uh, that must have been a pretty interesting place. Uh, Tune number three is Sonny Rollins' Olio. And then we're going to hear a version of a traditional tune. I guess it comes from the Civil War. Um, I might be wrong on this, but uh, anyway, the tune is When Johnny Comes Marching Home. And uh, Don Patterson does his unique arrangement of that tune. Then we're going to move where we have another horn player uh, enter in the scene. And he's the brother of a very fine piano player who was a good friend of mine, John Houston. And he's John Houston's brother. And I think this is the only time he's ever recorded, but he shows up on uh, track number five, which is a slow blues called The Hip Cakewalk. And it features all the people that I mentioned, but Leonard Houston... um, is featured here, along with Booker Irvin, of course. Leonard Houston plays the alto saxophone. And he is, uh, to my mind, a very, very fine player. He's, that's the only tune he's on, is the slow blues called Hip Cape Cakewalk, which is, uh, of course, created by Don Patterson. The final tune is um, a standard of sorts. I think it's a more rhythm and blues standard. But anyway, the tune is called Love Me With All Your Heart. And that's the final tune of the set. And we're going to get to it right now. Don Patterson on the Hammond organ, our featured artist, Booker Irvin on the tenor saxophone, and Billy James on drums. And of course, the guest saxophonist on the slow blues is going to be Leonard Houston. So we begin with It's About Time, and it is. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
Our jazz feature artist this evening, the great Don Patterson, master of the Hammond organ. And we heard Don with Booker Irvin, one of the most distinctive tenor saxophone players, originally from Texas. And Booker, of course, was um, Charles Mingus's favorite tenor saxophonist, Booker Irvin. And on drums, Billy James, and was also a guest artist on one of the tunes, and we'll get to that in a minute. I changed the order slightly from what I said at the beginning of the jazz feature, but uh, I just did that to um, alleviate the, all the intensity and bring things down a little bit. So what we did uh we opened of course with uh, don patterson's great uh, composition called about time as i mentioned before it's um it was a modal composition sort of uh based on the same kind of structure as um miles davis's so what or uh, john coltrane's impressions very similar and of course what a great opener and of course everybody cooked on that one the next tune was another Don Patterson original entitled Up in Betty's Room. And then we followed that with Sonny Rollins' Olio. And then we went from there to a slow blues called the Hip Cake Walk. And, of course, that was created by Don Patterson. And that featured the guest alto saxophonist who took the first saxophone solo on that, a gentleman by the name of Leonard Houston. And um, as I mentioned before, I was a, a friend of his brother's, um, John Houston, who's a wonderful piano player, played with Harold Land and Gene Ammons and all kinds of people. And Leonard was his uh, brother. And, and uh, to the best of my knowledge, this is the only time that Leonard ever uh, recorded. And so he's originally from Philadelphia. So somehow uh, he was a guest on that slow blues and uh, alt, on alto saxophone, and, of course, the rest of the folks. Then we move to uh, that traditional tune, which uh, I mentioned before, I believe, comes from the Civil War in the U.S., 
and that tune is When Johnny Comes Marching Home. And, of course, a unique arrangement by Don Patterson. And the final tune was a nice loping um, melodic piece of music. Uh, I do believe it was a R&B hit. Anyway, the tune was called Love Me With All Your Heart. And, uh, of course, that featured uh, all the guys in the band, Patterson, Irvin, and Billy James. So that's the bulk of this recording that was all done May the 12th, 1964, and it constituted, um, most of it constituted Don Patterson's very first prestige recording called The Exciting New Organ of Don Patterson. As I mentioned before, the... Um, when I was talking about how the uh, musicians, various musicians set up the, um, the Hammond organ to play with their particular sound and the way they liked it. And um, I mentioned the bars. Well, actually, the, the proper um, statement for that uh, they are called draw bars, and they're pulled in and out, and then they deliver that certain sound, whatever sound you want from the, from the Hammond organ. And uh, you can get such a variety of sounds. The, the Hammond organ is like having a, a, a big orchestra right under your hands and feet. And Don Patterson, of course, was one of the masters of the Hammond organ. So we hope you enjoyed our jazz feature this evening. And we shall return right after a couple of uh, salient messages my name's Gavin Walker, and this is The Jazz Show, and you've just heard our jazz feature artist this evening, Mr. Don Patterson. You can also hear us on CITR FM 101.9, or of course for live streaming on your computer, www.citr.ca. And we shall return in a few moments, right after these messages, with a commemoration of the Holocaust. Fundrive 2020, CITR's annual fundraiser extravaganza, is almost upon us. This year's theme is Crush on CITR. And since we deal primarily in sound around here, we started wondering, what does a crush sound like? Hey, do you want to make out? It's like that um, filter on Instagram. It's like... Well, um, as great as those answers were, uh, we're kind of hoping this year a crush sounds a bit more like... Because your donations are what allow us to do, well, almost everything. Hosting free radio and podcast trainings, publishing the amazing Discorder magazine, producing local independent news, promoting and playing local music, and so much more. Our Fundrive goal is to reach $30,000 by February 14th. You can show your crush on CITR right now by visiting citr.ca slash donate. This is a very serious shindig announcement. 
The Shindig finalists will be announced live on CITR at 8 a.m. on Wednesday, January 29th, just in time for the finals on Friday, January 31st at Redgate Art Society. So tune in to 101.9 FM or on CITR.ca at 8 a.m. on Wednesday, January 29th to find out who will be playing in the Shindig 2020 finals. This Quarter Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theater, This Quarter lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theater. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of This Quarter Magazine or at rickshawtheater.com. It's raining in Vancouver, and it's going to continue to rain uh, for quite a few days. Tonight, of course, the, the rain began. It's, going to, it's kind of windy out there as well, and the rain is going to carry on throughout the night. Then tomorrow, um, a few showers, and they say the showers are going to end around noon, if you can believe the um, wise uh, folks at the uh, weather office. So um, a few showers ending at noon, and then it's going to be cloudy with a low of 6 and a high of 9. So reasonably warm. Uh, The outlook for Wednesday is rain and windy with a low of 7 and a high of 9. Then Thursday, periods of rain, low of 6, high of 8. Rain for Friday, low of 7, high of 8. Rain for Saturday, low of 6, high of 10. This is getting boring. (laughs) Cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower. Oh, it's going to lift a little bit on Sunday with a low of 3 and a high of 7. So that's that's what's happening. And, of course, uh, that is fairly typical weather for this time of year. Right? Right. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. I really can't think of any piece of music at this point that, for me, is more appropriate than this piece that we're going to hear by Charles Mingus. And it features, uh, this is actually a a very rare track. It's from a concert that he did uh, in September of 1965 uh, at uh, UCLA. And it featured his octet, 
and it was a, a group of musicians that he assembled for a short period of time and toured with. Um, they played at the Monterey Jazz Festival, and they also um, delivered this concert at, uh, at, at UCLA as well. And the people involved here, um, three trumpeters in the band, including the legendary Hobart Dotson, who is one of Mingus's favorites, and he's, le he's the least known of all the trumpet players. Uh, Lonnie Hillier, of course, was a, a dear friend of mine, and uh, he was one of Mingus's uh, main men on trumpet, Lonnie Hillier, the late, great Lonnie Hillier, and the still-living Jimmy Owens, who plays the um, flugelhorn here. On alto saxophone is another good friend of mine, I think one of the greatest exponents of the alto saxophone, Charles MacPherson. And Julius Watkins, a gentleman who pioneered the French horn in jazz music. And on tuba, Howard Johnson. Charles Mingus, of course, on bass and piano on this uh, particular piece. And the great Danny Richmond on drums. Interestingly enough, um, out of this band, um, later on in the month, Mingus came to Vancouver. It was a rather legendary visit. He didn't bring the whole band. He just simply he brought the quartet uh, with um, Lonnie Hillier, Charles MacPherson, and Danny Richmond and himself to a club on West Broadway where Corey's, uh, Corey Weed's cellar was located. The club was then called the Blue Horn. And uh, Mingus came in for a, a rather legendary engagement there. And, of course, that was the same band that played at the original cellar in 1961. And, um, yeah, kind of, uh, we may hear um, there is one piece on this album played by just the quartet, and uh, we may do that. But right now... I'm really thinking of the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Birkenau, Auschwitz-Birkenau in Poland, and what that means to society and humanity. And all I can say is never again. It should never, ever, ever happen again. This is a piece of music by Mingus. I really don't know what the title of this is. We can just call it Meditations, but I think it's perfectly suited to commemorate this anniversary. So here then is the Charles Mingus Octet. Thank you. 
That was the music of Charles Mingus and a composition um, best known as Meditations. And that was recorded at UCLA in September of 1965 after his uh, performance at the Monterey Jazz Festival in 1965. And uh, that was with Mingus's Octet. And I felt that was uh, a very appropriate piece to commemorate the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenau and, of course, commemoration of the Holocaust. Simple as that. The people involved, we heard on trumpet, we heard Jimmy Owens, we heard Lonnie Hillier, and at the very end, uh, the legendary Hobart Dotson was the trumpet player just before the end of the piece. On alto saxophone, the incredible Charles McPherson. On French horn, Julius Watkins. And on tuba, Howard Johnson. And mostly playing arco bass was Charles Mingus. And then at the very end, he switched over to piano um, for the final statement of the piece. And, of course, on drums, Danny Richmond. The music of Charles Mingus, commemorating the Holocaust. We're going to turn to one of my all-time favorite alto saxophonists and uh, a gentleman who actually was a good friend of mine for many years. Um, we kept in contact with my, one another. I met him when I, when, he was, when I was a very young man. And, of course, I was in awe of uh, his playing, his music. And, of course, he, he lived a, a rather troubled life. Uh, we're not going to go into that. But um, in the mid-'70s, he, he passed away in 1982, and in the mid-'70s, his career was uh, resuscitated, and um, there were no more incarcerations. And uh, he produced some incredible music right up to his death. And I'm talking about Art Pepper, one of the great voices of the alto saxophone. He's playing here with his favorite piano player, who he referred to as Mr. Wonderful. And I'm talking about pianist George Cables, who is still very much with us. On bass, one of his favorites, David Williams. And David was originally from Trinidad and uh, came to the States. And, of course, one of the great bass players. Um, he is still with us. And on drums, the, the incredible Elvin Jones, of course, who is in the no longer uh, on the planet Earth, but uh, his music certainly is. And Elvin really contributes to the uh, success of this piece of music. There's a whole story connected with it. Um, I'm not really going to get into all of this kind of, all of the whole story of why this piece of music uh, came to be, but it is one of my favorite Art Pepper compositions. It's called The Trip, and that's what we're going to hear. Art Pepper on alto saxophone, Joyce Cables on piano, David Williams on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. The Trip. 
always intense and dramatic. Art Pepper, during his last years, always played as if his life depended on it, and uh, this was going to be the last gig he ever played, and uh, that intensity was always there, and it is on this album. Um, that piece of music was called The Trip, and of course, Art Pepper on alto saxophone, George Cables on piano, David Williams on bass, and the great Elvin Jones on drums, The Trip. And what can you say about Art Pepper? Um, just uh, one of the most uh, individual-sounding exponents of the alto saxophone and, and a true master of music and improvisation. We're going to lighten things up now with some wonderful duet singing by two great legends. I'm talking about Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. And singing, making music together, along with the great Oscar Peterson on piano, Herb Ellis on guitar, uh, Ray Brown on bass, and Louis Belson on drums. And we're going to hear a few tunes. Actually, we're going to hear four tunes from this album called Ella and Louis Again. And it was recorded in 1957. And a whole series of uh, albums came out uh, with these two. And, of course, uh, they, they just worked together so, so nicely and uh, did all of these great tunes. We're going to open with uh, a tune that was actually written by Benny Goodman and his buddy Edgar Sampson and became a big hit for Benny Goodman uh, instrumentally. But the tune is called Don't Be That Way. And uh, lyrics were added to this tune as well. We're going to hear that, of course, with Ella and Louie. And uh, then we're going to hear a tune called um, by George and Ira Gershwin called They All Laughed. Yeah. And then we're going to hear a beautiful tune by Vernon Duke. And it's called Autumn in New York. And the final tune is a tune, of course, that Ella Fitzgerald was so familiar with because she made her debut with the great legendary drummer Chick Webb. And that, this was his theme song, and of course he was the house band at the famous Savoy Ballroom in Harlem. And that's where Ella made her first appearances as a singer uh, with Mr. Webb. And so the tune, of course, written by Chick Webb, is called Stompin' at the Savoy. So those are the tunes we're going to hear. So sit back and enjoy the music of Ella Fitzgerald and Louis Armstrong. April skies are in your eyes, but darling, don't be blue. Don't cry. Oh, honey, please don't be that in the sky should never make you feel that way the rain will bring the violets of May tears 
tears are in vain so honey please don't be that way as long as we Please don't be that way Clouds in the sky 
screaming in the sky. Oh, honey, please don't be that no, way. No, I'll never be that way. The odds were a hundred to one against me. The world thought the heights were too high to climb. But people from Missouri never incensed me. Oh, I wasn't a bit concerned. Far from history, I had learned how many, many times the wine had turned. Baba they all laughed at Christopher Columbus when he said the world was round. They all laughed when Edison recorded sound. They all laughed at Wilbur and his brother when they said that man could fly. They told Marconi, while this was a phony, it's the same old cry. They laughed at me, warning you. Said I was reaching for the moon, but oh, you came through. Now they'll have to change the tune, yes. They all said we never could be happy. They laughed at us in how, but oh, 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 who's got the last laugh now? Fellow center, now they're fighting to get in. They all laughed at Whitney and his cotton gin. They all laughed at Fulton and his steamboat, Hershey and his chocolate bar. Ford and his Lizzie kept the laughter busy. That's how people are. They laughed at me, wanting you. Said it would be hello, goodbye. But oh, you came through. Now they're eating humble pie. They all said we'd never get together. Darling, let's take a bow. For ha, ha, ha. Who's got the last laugh now? They laughed at me, warning you. Said it would be hello, goodbye. But oh, you came through. Now they're eating humble pie. They all said we'd never get together. Darling, let's take a bow.
It spells the thrill of first nighting. Glittering crowds and shimmering clouds in canyons of steel. They're making me at sundown Oh autumn in New York It lifts you up when you run down Yes Jerry's and gay divorces Lunch at the Ritz will tell you that it's divine. This autumn in New York transforms the slums into Mayfair. Oh, autumn in New York, you'll need the castles in Spain. Yes, lovers that bless the dark, oh, on the benches in Central Park. Great autumn in New York. It's good to live it again. Ha <laughs> ha. 
home of sweet romance sad boy it wins you at a glance sad boy gives happy feet a chance to dance your mom just like a clinging vine your lips so warm and sweet as wine your cheeks so soft and close to mine divine how my heart is singing while the band is swinging never tired of romping and stomping with you at the Joy a perfect holiday. Sad boy, where we can glide and sway. Sad boy, there let me stomp away with you. Baba do Oh, yes, Baladé. 
Obviously, they had a ball on that tune, Ella and Lewis. And, of course, Ella Fitzgerald and Lewis Armstrong. And they were backed up so effectively by Oscar Peterson at the piano, Herb Ellis on guitar, Ray Brown on bass, and Louis Belson on drums. And, of course, we got a little taste of uh, Lewis's trumpet as well in there. But... uh, yeah, what a get-together with those two. Just, uh, they just love one another and love, love performing together. And they made a series of wonderful albums back in uh, August of 1957. So we heard four tunes from this album called Ella and Lewis Again. And we opened with uh, the old Benny Goodman tune, Don't Be That Way. Then the Gershwin tune called They All Laughed. And then... Vernon Duke's uh, beautiful ode to uh, New York City, Autumn in New York. And the final tune, of course, um, a great tune by Edgar Sampson and Ella's old boss, the late great drummer Chick Webb. And they wrote a tune called Stompin' at the Savoy. And that's what we wrap things up with. Ella and Lewis, again. You are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, for live streaming, CITR.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we've got more music for you, uh, as well as just a reminder that uh, coastal jazz and blues, the people that bring you the Big Jazz Festival, have a wonderful website called coastaljazz.ca. And if you go on that website, you can check out all the events that they're putting on uh, throughout the year. Uh, coastal Jazz and Blues don't, don't sleep during the year, but they do produce, of course, uh, the Vancouver International Jazz Festival, which they are busy um, getting it together. Uh, we'll be hearing some pretty important announcements soon as to who will be here this summer. But also on that website is the schedule for Frankie's, Frankie's Jazz Club. 
um, which, of course, is down on Beatty Street, just opposite BC Place. There's wonderful music there, uh, which is programmed by Corey Weeds, um, and Corey usually plays there. He's not there this week, as far as I know, um, but he, he is there regularly um, every Wednesday, and he performs with Nick Peck, who uh, originally is from England. Uh, it's a marvelous uh, Hammond organist. Jesse Cahill is the drummer and various guitar players as well. And uh, they do some very fine music every every Wednesday. And, of course, Corey programs the rest of the uh, week at uh, Frankie's. So you can get onto that website and find out uh, who's playing there, who you want to hear. You can book a table, do all that kind of stuff on that particular website. It's very comprehensive. Coastaljazz.ca. And the other fine website that we have um, pertaining to jazz in Vancouver is the one that's uh, monitored by my old friend Brian Nation. That's VancouverJazz.com. And, of course, there's all kinds of links on that site as well. And and, uh, um, if you haven't checked it out, it'd be worth your while. VancouverJazz.com and CoastalJazz.ca. And I always like to mention Pat's Pub. Every Saturday afternoon in the downtown east side at the historic Patricia Hotel. And it's very comfortable in that venue. Once you get inside, you know, it's um, sometimes the, the neighborhood, which can be a little sketchy down there, as we all know. Uh, once you're inside, it's very comfortable. There's a wide variety of beverages and uh, good food. And great music every Saturday afternoon from 3 to 7. The wonderful thing about Pat's Pub is that there is no cover charge. So um, we're all all a little short on uh, cash these days with uh, Christmas bills and uh, regular stuff, rent, uh, etc., etc. And uh, Pat's Pub is a good place to go and hear some of our finest music. And this week at Pat's Pub is one of the finest singers in the country. She'll be there, and uh, she has quite a following. She's got CDs. She's a wonderful person and a wonderful singer, and she'll be there with her band. I'm talking about Karen Plato. Karen Plato will be performing there this coming Saturday at Pat's Pub. So no cover charge, 3 to 7 every Saturday. And um, that's the place to go. There you go, Pat's Pub, the historic Patricia Hotel. In the 1960s, Charles Mingus made two appearances here in Vancouver. One was, both of them were rather legendary. The first one was in 1961. He actually gave a concert out at UBC with this particular band that we're going to hear. And... um, that was well attended. It was at the uh, old auditorium, and it was uh, in January of 1961. And, of course, he performed at the original Cellar uh, Jazz Club, which was located on, uh, between the little uh, street uh, between Main and Kingsway off Broadway called Watson Street, and you went in by the back door. 
and uh, that's where the original cellar was. Of course, it's rise now. It's a whole different ballgame there. It's all been redeveloped. But uh, Mingus performed there in 1961. In 1965, after performing at Monterey and UCLA, Mingus came here to perform at another club on West Broadway um, at Dunbar. The club was called the Blue Horn. That was the new name of uh, a club that was originally called the Flat Five. I know this gets convoluted, but uh, it was taken over by new owners and renamed the Blue Horn. And some great musicians performed there, including Charles Mingus. All that happened in um, the latter part of 1965. And he came with the same band. And the people involved in this band, Lonnie Hillier on trumpet, and my good friend Charles McPherson on alto saxophone, who I uh, mentioned before, consider one of the finest exponents of that instrument. And Charles is still very much with us. Charles Mingus on bass and Danny Richmond on drums. You get a taste of what this band sounded like when they came to Vancouver, because that's, that's the band we're going to hear. And Mingus performed this tune. I remember being there on opening night at the, uh, at the Blue Horn, and Mingus played this tune with the band, and it's called Ode to Bird and Dizzy, dedicated, of course, to Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker. And so it's Mingus's variations on a great tune called Hot House, which was one of the anthems of early modern jazz. So here then, Lonnie Hillier on trumpet, Charles MacPherson, alto saxophone, Charles Mingus on bass, Danny Richmond on drums, Ode to Bird and Dizzy.
Charles Mingus and Danny Richmond on drums, Boris Mingus on bass, Charles MacPherson on alto saxophone, and Lonnie Hillier on trumpet. And that was the same band that uh, performed in Vancouver twice in the 1960s. And, of course, uh, an incredible little group. This was taken from a concert. Um, we heard another piece of music earlier this evening, concert that uh, took place at UCLA in 19, September of 1965. And um, so this particular piece was just pared down for the quartet. Most of the concert was taken up by an octet, eight-piece band. And uh, this was just the, uh, the working quartet of uh, Charles Mingus during this particular time in his career. And we heard a piece of music uh, was sort of a, a composite of a bunch of things, um, but it was basically Tad Dameron's uh, bebop anthem, Hothouse, uh, kind of stretched out uh, the way Mingus would uh, personalize that particular tune. And um, that's what we heard. Quite a performance by this group. And, of course, um, reminiscent very much of uh, the sound that they brought to uh, Vancouver on those two appearances in the 1960s. Charles Mingus and the Jazz Workshop. One of the finest little organized bands was Shelley Mann's group in all Los Angeles-based musicians. And they did a whole series of albums for uh, contemporary records called um, Swinging Sounds. With, and, of course, he, Shelley called his band Shelley Mann and His Men. And uh, we hear Shelley Mann, the leader, on drums, of course, with uh, Stu Williamson on trumpet, Charlie Mariano, great individual voice of the alto saxophone, Russ Freeman on piano, Leroy Vinegar on bass. And, of course, all these musicians were all based in Los Angeles uh, at the time. Mariano, of course, was from Boston. Um, they were all from different parts of the country, but they had settled in Los Angeles because there was a lot of work there in movie studios and stuff like that, and they had a chance to play a lot of jazz. And um, that's how Shelley put this band together. And as I said, they recorded a lot for contemporary records. We're going to hear three tunes by this little band, and it's a great one. We're going to open with a Charlie Mariano composition called The Dart Game. And then we're going to go to uh, a Sonny Rollins tune, a very famous tune called Doxy. We're going to hear the band play that. And we're going to end with another Charlie Mariano composition, my favorite track of the whole set, and it's called Slan. So here then, Shelly Mann and his men. And we begin with the dart game. Thank you. 
Yeah, what a great, tight little band. That was uh, a group of uh, musicians led by drummer Shelley Mann. Way back in the mid-1950s, in, and they're all Los Angeles-based musicians, of course, and um, the band was called Shelley Mann and His Men, and they did a series of albums for uh, contemporary records called Swinging Sounds, and, and then, of course, the follow-up was More Swinging Sounds, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Several albums uh, with this uh, stable personnel. Shelly Mann, of course, on drums, with Stu Williamson on trumpet. Charlie Mariano, one of the foremost voices of the alto saxophone. Russ Freeman on piano, and Leroy Vinegar on bass. And we heard three tunes from uh, Swinging Sounds. The first one was a composition by Charlie Mariano called The Dart Game. And then we heard Sonny Rollins' staple, um, entitled Doxy, 16-bar blues. And uh, the final tune was, again, another Charlie Mariano composition called Slan. Shelly Mann and His Men. Mm-hmm. We're going to uh, play a couple of tunes by one of the most incredible jazz harmonica players, and this is from an early album that he did for uh, Riverside Records. And I'm talking about... Toots Thielmans, and uh, Toots is here on harmonica with the great baritone saxophonist Pepper Adams, Kenny Drew at the piano, Wilbur Ware on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And we're going to hear a tune written by Brooks Bowman. And, of course, uh, it was a tune that uh, actually Charlie Parker um, brought onto the jazz map. There's a tune called East of the Sun, and then we're going to hear a Toots Thielman's composition called Fundamental Frequency. So here's Toots from an early recording down in New York City in 1957 called Man Bites Harmonica. And we open with East of the Sun. Thank you. 
Two pieces of music from a wonderful album by Toots Thielmans and entitled Man Bites Harmonica. That's an album that came out uh, on Riverside Records. It was recorded in uh, late 1957. Toots Thielmans, of course, on harmonica with Pepper Adams on baritone saxophone, Kenny Drew at the piano, Wilbur Ware on bass, and Arthur Taylor on drums. And the first tune we heard was East of the Sun. It's a tune that Charlie Parker brought into the jazz lexicon. And the second tune was written by Toot Steelmans and entitled Fundamental Frequency. Man Bites Harmonica. The late, great Toot Steelmans from an early recording. We're going to wrap up the show this evening. Just to remind you, of course, that you are listening to CITR FM 101.9 or, of course, for live streaming, www.citr.ca. We're going to uh, play for you a band put together by pianist Cedar Walton. The band was called Eastern Rebellion. They made a whole series of albums, sometimes with... um, Mostly with tenor saxophonist Clifford Jordan, but this particular album stands out for me because the saxophone player on here is the great George Coleman. And, of course, he's still very much alive and performs uh, quite often in New York City, especially uh, with his son, George Coleman Jr., who's a wonderful drummer. Anyway, Big G, as we all know him, uh, is on tenor saxophone here. Sam Jones on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums. And this is one of Cedar Walton's finest and most famous compositions. I think it's a good way to close tonight's show and close the last show of January. This is a tune entitled Bolivia. Thank <laughs> you. 
Yes, that was a band led by pianist Cedar Walton, and the band was called Eastern Rebellion. And we heard, of course, in the band, this edition of the band, the great George Coleman on tenor saxophone, along with, of course, the leader, Cedar Walton at the piano, Sam Jones on bass, and Billy Higgins on drums, and that was one of Cedar Walton's most famous compositions entitled Bolivia. So, ends another edition of The Jazz Show and our last show for this month.
Of course, we'll be back next week, February 3rd. And our jazz feature next week is uh, the music of uh, one of my closest friends. And uh, I considered him a, a mentor and a very close friend. He's still with us, lives in Oakland. I'm talking about John Handy. And he did um, several albums for Columbia Records. Uh, we're going to play the last one that he did, uh, which was with his band called uh, the John Handy Concert Ensemble. And the album is called Projections. It's a beautiful album, and it's not often heard. And we're going to be doing that as our jazz feature next week. So that's it. On behalf of The Jazz Show and myself, Gavin Walker, and radio station CITR FM 101.9, or, of course, uh, live streaming, www.citr.ca, do not forget, starting February 6th is the beginning of the Fund Drive, and that's our annual fundraising time on CITR. So... Um, Maybe put your hands in your pockets, um, look at your bank balance, uh, all that kind of stuff, because we could use the money, and that's what the fund drive is all about. We'll be talking about that down the road, but it's all going to be happening beginning on February 6th. So with that in mind, do take care, uh, try and stay out of the rain, and uh, uh, you could always, uh, I won't say stay out of trouble, look for it. It might be a better idea. Anyway, take care, and we'll see you next week on The Jazz Show. We do this every Monday beginning at 9 p.m. until the wee small hours. See you next week. Bye-bye.
Thank you.